Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. From the message translation because it's that scripture in, in Romans 12, 1 2 that we're so fond of and so familiar with where Paul says to the, the Roman church, I beg of you, brethren, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. And he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be the proof of what is good and acceptable and perfect in the will of God. But this message in, in uh, Romans chapter 12, in the message, it, 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 it's so good. And I want to read it to you. You can read it along with me on the screen. He says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you and He develops well-formed maturity in you. So we have to ask ourselves, what is a worship? What is this reasonable act of worship? Well, Paul describes it as being a living sacrifice, actually saying to God, like Isaac did to Abraham, I'll lay myself down on this. I don't understand everything that's going on here, Dad, but I know this. God has asked you to do this, and I will be the sacrifice for this. I make that decision. You say, well, Isaac was just a kid. No, he wasn't. Most theologians believe he was somewhere between 17 and 30. So he was making a, 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 a commitment to sacrifice himself. And Paul's telling us, look, I'm not asking you to be a martyr. I'm asking you to be someone who would live like you are. Someone who worships God, not just with your praise, not just with your hands raised in a worship experience, not just in a prayer time in your home, but I'm asking that every fiber of your life, every cell of your being, every action of your life, every step that you take, every breath that you breathe, every morning you get up, every night you go to bed, let everything in the context of all of that be worship to me. That's what worship is. I love how he puts it in the first part of that scripture. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. You know, when we have that kind of a mentality, we're not going to be slacking off in our spiritual discipline. We're not going to be slacking off in reading the word or praying and seeking God's face. We're not going to be slacking off in going to the house of the Lord. We're not going to be slacking off in any area of our life. Why? Because we don't just see weekends as worship to God. We see every moment of our life as worship to God. The way we relate to our spouse, that's worship to God. The way we relate to our children, that's worship to God. The way we do our job, that's worship to God. The way we talk and speak to people around us, that's worship to God. The way we deal with circumstances, that's worship to God. The way we relate to people who don't know Jesus, that's worship. Everything is worship. Everything is worship. And what is worship? It's giving homage to someone who's worthy, someone who's dignified, glorified, distinct, honored, 
renowned. Worship is that sense of reverence to pay to supernatural divine. It's, 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 in other words, it's giving God what's due him. I, I, when I think of someone who personifies, this is John the Baptist for me. It's John the Baptist for me because John the Baptist was this great man of God. He was a great man of God. We, we see just a little sliver of his life, so we don't really understand. But Jesus described him as the greatest prophet who ever lived. Jesus. Now, listen, if Jesus says that about you, that's a big deal. Jesus said he's the greatest prophet that ever walked the face of this planet. John the Baptist had thousands of people following him, thousands of people coming to him, but his only goal, his only concern, his only care was that one day, because the Bible said, this is who you are, you're the forerunner, and one day there's going to come one over that hill, and he's going to be headed to you for baptism, and it's going to be the one whose shoes you're not even worthy to tie. He's going to be the one that is so awesome and so powerful and so perfect and so mighty that you, it is a privilege and honor for you to just be in his presence you you you're not even deserving or worthy to be around him john but i want you to baptize him he's just waiting for that one day his whole ministry was about that one day and he was saying to people repent the kingdom of heaven is coming he was just here's what he was saying he's saying get yourself ready jesus is coming messiah is coming yeshua hamashiach he is coming get yourself ready get yourself prepared get yourself cleaned up get yourself and you know we in salvation we know we don't have to be cleaned up but what he was saying to them he was saying to them repent change turn stop leaving all this nonsense and get yourself focused on the kingdom and the king and he's coming and get ready and we can't earn salvation but when we get salvation god starts molding in our life the good things he wants to do with our lives because it's all about building the kingdom for him and so when you're building the kingdom you worship the king you honor the king you submit to the king you give yourself to the king jesus came on the scene john said I, even though he knew his mission he said I, no way I can't baptize you. He says this to Jesus. Jesus steps into the water and John says, you, you, you baptize me. You're the perfect one. You baptize, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus said, just obey God, John. This has to be done. John said, behold the Lamb of God whose shoes I'm not even worthy to untie. Jesus goes down in that water and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove and God speaks out of the heavens behold my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased and John is a part of all of this and he's so proud and so excited that he's fulfilling his life and, but then something happens Jesus begins to do ministry and when he does all the disciples that follow John transition to Jesus and some of the disciples of John came to John and said, hey, John, they're all following Jesus. What do we do? <laughs> what do we do? I'm gonna, what I'm about to say to you is literally the heart of worship. What John's response was is literally the heart of worship. It's the centerpiece of worship. It is the, 
It is the trophy of worship. It is the focal point of worship. It is the everything of worship. When we get to this place, when we get to this point in our life where we can actually say this without equivocation, we can say this without reservation, we can say it without holding anything back, this is what worship is. John was human. He had a great ministry. Good things were happening. It was a powerful thing that God was doing in his life. And now he was losing all of that. And his response was, I must decrease so he can increase. That is the heart of worship. I must decrease so he can increase. Every day, that's, the, that's what we should be asking ourselves in prayer. Every day, when you get up in the morning, you're asking yourself, you should say, God, today, I must decrease so you can increase. Listen, worship involves, and you can see it in John's life, it involves humbling oneself. We know what humility is. It's not this false humility that we see so much where we act like we're humble. Listen, if you have to tell somebody you're humble, you're not humble. You're proud of your humility. Right? Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. As C.S. Lewis says, it's thinking of yourself less. Humbling oneself or it's, humility isn't even necessarily just an act of the physical or just an act of the, 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 the person externally. Humility is the bowing of the heart. In other words, inside. You know, where a lot of times where I'll say on the outside, yes, I'll do this or yes, I'll be there or yes, I'll commit to that. But inside our heart is rebellious. It's none of that. It's like there's no deceit in me. In other words, it's like if I say, God, I love you. God, I surrender to you. My heart is bowing to God. God comes in the room. God shows up in my prayer time. I, I, I don't go, yes, we're here together, God. No, I, my heart bows. I, I subjugate myself to you. I surrender to you. Because you're not a mean Lord that wants to beat me up. You're not an angry God that wants to destroy my life and wants to make me bow down. No, you're a God who's benevolent and a Father who loves and cares for me so much. And you are so holy, Father, that there's no way my heart is going to stand erect. But you come in the room. No way. I'm getting on my knees. I'm bowing low. Not because you make me, but because I want to. Because I know who you are and I know who I am. It's a humbling of the heart, as the scripture says in James 4, 6, but he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says God opposes the proud and he shows favor to the humble. Worship is bowing your heart before God and saying, God, there's nothing in me that's special. We're so busy right now in our world trying to tell everybody how special we are that we've minimized how special God is. 
I'm not saying you should look bad upon yourself, but I'm saying that you should, you should realize who God is and who you are and bow your heart to him because if you're proud and if you're carrying around this self-pride where you're carrying the weight and you're doing everything and you're a big deal, God is resisting you. You need to understand, why isn't God moving in my life? Why? Because if you have pride in your life, God is resisting you. And even some scriptures say he's opposing you. But it's the humble that God embraces. Amen? Worship is about emptying oneself, giving all of who we are to the only one worthy of it so that he can fill us back up with himself. We're so full, <laughs> we're so full of ourselves, somebody. We're so full of ourselves, and we need to empty ourselves of ourselves so God can fill us up with his spirit. Paul the apostle said this in such an eloquent way in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 he said he said I am crucified with Christ he was hearkening back to when Jesus died on that cross and he said I am crucified I, because I believe in him I was there I was on that cross with him and I died that day I'm crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ lives in me and the life that I now live in this flesh I don't live by my own philosophy I don't live by my own ideology I don't believe by my own thinking I, I, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me so much that he gave his whole self for me if he gave his whole self for me I can't empty myself and allow him to fill me up emptying ourselves surrendering ourselves submitting ourselves and worship is about giving of ourselves giving of oneself praise and worship is the only way whenever we don't give an offering of ourselves to God we are placing ourselves on the throne that only he belongs some of us have problems worshiping Him because we're too busy worshiping ourselves. We must give ourselves as an offering. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 in the NIV says this, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. In other words, when your words are coming out of your mouth, it should be words that glorify God. Professing His reality, professing His truth, professing His greatness, professing His wonder, professing His mighty works. Humbling, emptying, giving. And, be, and when we do this, when we literally live our lives this way in worship, there are three great reasons to know that it's worth it. first reason is this when you truly humble empty and give yourself to God the first thing that happens is that kind of worship results in a loving response from God you know our vision here at Summit Church is connect grow and go well a part of connect is worship 
Because we're not just connecting with each other. Oh, that's so very important. Connect to one another. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, don't forsake going to church together because it's important, especially as the end time gets here. You need to be edifying one another, building each other up. It is interesting that as we continue through the, the centuries, the church attendance is being affected. And it was one of the greatest commands God gave in the New Testament. He said, don't forget to get together as a church. Worshiping. 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 And you know what? You know what our expression of worship should be when we come together as a church? You know what it should be? It should be I have worshiped with my life so much all week that when I come to church, man, I am ready to express it with my body. I'm ready to express it with my voice. I'm ready to express it with my hands. I'm ready to express it with my feet. I'm ready to express it with my words and with my mouth and with my encouragement to someone else and with the gifts of the Spirit operating in my life and the fruit of the Spirit being born in my life. I'm not coming to church just to receive something. 